Thanks for joining another episode of Dropping Dimes. Today, our guest is Tony Jones, Utah Jazz and NBA writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Tony, thanks for being here so much. Listen, (laughs) let me get this out of the way. Thanks for having me, but this is blasphemic, okay? You know what, Tony? You know what? Let's talk about your boo-boo mock draft that you had out. That has Kyle Kuzma at number 20. What's up with that, yo? That's boo-boo. Kyle Kuzma has a good chance of going in the first round. Number 20? He has a chance to go in the first round. Says who? Your sources? Who are your sources that you never named? That's why they're called sources. Yo, I think you were drunk when you did that mock draft. Well, I think that, you know, when it comes to my sources, I think that my track record speaks for itself. You ain't got no sources! Anyway. I, I, I think that anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that that's kind of inaccurate. You. I follow you. Well, I mean, you're just, you're like a ghost. You're full of hate, Brittany Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, case in point, one of the greatest East Coast MCs ever passes away tragically today. And you're you're playing Snoop and Dre. Because it's West Coast. (laughs) You got a problem? One of the most influential MCs of the last 20 years passes away. And? This is what I'm talking about. Thank you. But yeah. you were just over there jamming a Snoop Dogg, though. If we had a camera, everybody could see your little shimmy dance that you were doing. Listen. We played this song last time you were on the podcast, so I mean. I we- got you stuck off the realness. Oh, we be the infamous you heard of us. Official Queens. Ri- no, see, don't get wait, me wait, started. Wait, no, what are the words? <laughs> Keep going. No, I'm no good. wait, restart that, Sasha. I'm good. Restart that. I'm we're going to play this back. <laughs> We're going to play this back. I want to hear you rap. <laughs> don't don't try to look up the lyrics. Hold on. Let me take your phone. You, you don't think I know the lyrics? I know you don't. You just said, no, 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 no. That's what you just said. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous. You heard of us. Official Queensbridge. Uh-huh. I don't want to say the word. Uh-huh. That's a bad word. Murderous? Kids may be listening to this. Yo, if you don't know the words. Hold on, I got an alternate. Yo, we need to Not test everybody yo, in the 313. Put your mother loving hands really? up and follow oh, me. Okay, just because you saw 8 Mile. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're a disgrace to the East Coast. Oh, Hey. I'm ignoring okay. your hate. It's okay. All y'all fell off. Meek Mill, Nikki, Tony Jones. Who y'all got? Everybody. Y'all ain't doing nothing. Yo, we doing everything. Kendra's track was whack. Yo, yo, okay, but do we need, oh my God, your tweets? No, it was on Facebook when you were just like, yo, this Kendrick album go hard. This yeah. Kendrick album is hard. Yeah. The West Coast is popping right now. We got SZA. We got Schoolboy Q. Well, have you heard SZA? He had a, Schoolboy had that one album. No, 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 not one. We got everybody out there. Everybody's popping. Haven't you seen the Tupac movie yet? You know that was whack. You didn't even see it, so how you gonna say it was whack? Sasha, did you see it? No. Yo, the Tupac movie had Jada Pinkett in tears. Yeah. Yo, she's doing like, too she much. Was Shut in up tears. Let everybody get their money. <laughs> she was Yo. like, we were misrepresented. No, and then she got checked by the director, too, because he was like, actually. He didn't check. I saw yes. it. Uh, so I saw it. He was copping the police. No, he was he like, said, I have a lot of respect no, for Jada. No, that was not the tweet I was talking about. I have a lot of respect for That's not the tweet Twitter. I was talking about. Anyway, why are you trying to distract everybody from your boo-boo mock draft? My mock draft ain't boo-boo at all. Whatever. I don't think Kuzma can play in the league. He's soft. I think Kuzma can definitely play in the league. I think think Kuzma would be better in the league than he is in college. I've watched every game, every home game of his from the floor, and every time he gets put on the ground, his game's over. No, he just needs to work on his shooting. His shooting needs to improve, which he's been working on all offseason, all summer. And I think once he gets that down, he's going to be – a great player in the NBA. Like, how do you not have the Oregon kids above Kuzma on your board? Well, I mean, the Oregon kids don't have his uh, physical dimensions, and they aren't. I mean, 
They're when better it, basketball players, though. Uh, I don't agree with that. You don't? I don't think Dylan Brooks is a better basketball player. Because I think he's better in the college game. He won't be better in the pro game. Not at all. But he can shoot and he can get to the rim. He's Who's, six foot four. And that he's is a power true. Forward. Kyle Kuzma's six ten and a power forward and a small forward. He'll be out in three it years. Has, it has nothing out of to, the NBA in three years. Yeah, never. Yeah, he won't play. If, yeah, I, I will bet you right now, Kyle. Will if play. Delon Wright Kyle will can't play, play in this league, Kyle's, Kyle's, Kyle's better suited than Delon to play in the league. Why? Because he's six ten. Because he can shoot. Who's not can shoot? You have to look at how has to work on his shooting. You have to look at their skill set and how it translates to the translates to the NBA. DeLon Wright right now is a point guard who can't make a shot outside of 15 feet. And if he could, he'd have a lot of value. Kuzma has a lot of value and he has a lot of he has a lot of fans. I don't I'm not I wouldn't guarantee that he goes in the first round, but I don't think he's going to slide past 35. Would he go on an NBA team that's building or would he be a bench and role player for like the Spurs or for Golden State? It depends on who drafts him and and what situation he's in, but I mean, I I completely see him as a, a rotation player in the NBA. What about for the Pacers? You think that's a good fit? I actually do because he'd be playing next to Miles Turner. Hmm. So and, you agree with me on one thing? One thing in life. Oh my god! Let's write this down, everybody. <laughs> wow, she's so this contentious the towards the end. No? It, 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 it is rude. like it's it's just Childish. like this, this heat that you feel in in the room. That's just kind of really uncomfortable. It's off-putting, Yo, frankly. Ah, you're like disrespecting our podcast right now. What are you doing on the phone? I'm checking. You're Twitter checking what? Just to make sure that to I make ain't sure to nothing. make sure blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be breaking everything. I do. I break a lot. What stories have you broke over the summer? You know, it's it's nothing that I would toot my horn over, but you. you no, know, I just want. No, I'm. I'm Asking seriously because you do a lot, and I'm not even trying to be funny right now. Let the people know it is time to brag a little bit. I mean, you know, it just is what it is. Oh, that means he didn't break nothing. You know, maybe you know. Last summer you had a lot. I mean, we'll we'll see. You uh, know, that means something's about to drop tonight. I didn't say that. So, did the Utah Jazz make a big push for a Paul George or somebody to try and keep Gordon Hayward here? I mean, they could, but it just depends on what they have to offer and what they would offer. So um, if you were GM of the Utah Jazz, what would you do with this team? What I would do if I were the Utah Jazz by July 1st in order to uh, answer some questions that Gordon has, I would I would figure out my point guard situation. So I would either uh, have a point guard lined up that's basically committed to me in free agency, or I would re-sign George Hill, or I would trade for a point guard. But you have to have, but you have to have going to July first with your point guard with definitive and with a definitive answer at your point guard spot. What can the Jazz get uh, going this late in the draft? Well, this is um, this is one of the deepest drafts in a while, so I think that they could. I think they can get a good player at 24. I think they can get a good player at 30, and I think they can get a good player at 42. Um, Potential players? Well, um, you know, I think they'll – I think they like people like T.J. Leaf from UCLA, uh, D.J. Wilson from uh, Michigan, Tony Bradley from uh, North Carolina. I think they really like Donovan Mitchell, even though he's going to be gone by the time they pick. Um, I think they like Jawan Evans, point guard from Oklahoma State. Um, a drafting stash like Isaiah Hartenstein, um, I would think that they would have interest in. Um, I think they'd have interest in uh, Frank Jackson, uh, the former Lone Peak star. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of people. You know, they brought in about 75 people for workouts. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that uh, – you know, they would have interest in, in that thing. But I th- this is one of those drafts where I think that somebody um, has a chance to be available at 24 who you wouldn't expect to be available at 24. Somebody who was projected, you know, somewhere in, you know, 14 to 20 that slid a couple of spots that the Jazz would be like, you know, holy crap, he's on our board. Let's just take him. 
you know, something like that. So there was discussions going on this morning from NBA beat writers that the Jazz have had discussions on moving up into the draft, possibly into the lottery. You think that's a smart decision for the Jazz? Because they'd have to give up a lot, I assume. Well, I don't know how. I don't know how attainable that is because, you know, as you said, I mean, moving up into the lottery from 24, that's a big jump. So it would cost a lot. A couple of first-round draft picks, probably favors, and yeah. probably more. I mean, it, you know, I I would think, I mean, if they can trade Derek Favors and get something in return, uh, they wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger on that. Um, you know, if they could trade, uh, if they could find something to trade for an asset, they, you know, they wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger on that. But, you know, I don't think, especially with the uncertainty of your roster, I don't think that you can really go and, you know, trade somebody like a Rodney Hood or, you know, even a Dante Exum right now. Um, you know, the one thing we do know about the Jazz is Dennis Lindsay, a general manager. I mean, he's he's always been very aggressive on draft night. He's made a trade, at least one trade in each of the last four years. Um, you know, so he's he's has a track record that's proven um, that he's not afraid to be aggressive. So if the opportunity presents itself and and you know the Jazz see somebody that they like, you know, uh, I don't think that they pounce. This is something that I think can happen. Like say Donovan Mitchell falls. I mean, he's you know pegged to go somewhere like at the number eleven slot to Charlotte to the Charlotte Hornets. Let's say he doesn't go 11. Let's say he falls to 17, and he's still on the board at 17. I can completely see Dennis Lindsay, you know, picking up the phone, calling the Milwaukee Bucks at 17 and saying, hey, I'll give you my 24th and 30th pick if you give me your 17th pick because the guy that they want is right there. Um, and they don't, wanna, they don't wanna take a chance of him, you know, being snapped up if he's in their range. So I think something like that can happen. Gordon Monson, uh, who's also with you at the Trib, said that the Jazz need to make a big move. Is that one of the big moves that the Jazz need to make? Well, he's more talking about throwing all your chips in the middle of the table and, and trying to go and get Paul George. Um, Which is not going to happen. He's going to the Lakers. Well, yeah, after next year, yeah, absolutely. Nah. nah. He's going there now? Yeah, I'm going to make it happen. Well, he's still with the Pacers now. Nah, he's leaving. Okay. Okay, I, I like that. Brittany with her fearless predictions. It's um, not going to happen, but that's what I want, obviously. You know, the, what Gordon is talking about is like, look, you know, this is the biggest offseason in, in Utah Jazz history. Let's, you know, the Jazz need to to do something big and make a significant move to make sure that they ensure themselves that they keep Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, but if you look at the Jazz and I look at this team, I think if they brought everybody back and I think if everybody had, if everybody was healthy, you know, you're looking at a 55-win team um, next year and a team that could finish third in the West. Um, if they make, they figure out a way to make an improvement on on that roster without sacrificing anybody, you know, they could they could be they could be, you know, a pretty significant team in the Western Conference. We talked about this uh on the last couple podcasts and Sasha had mentioned that he sees the Jazz being a superstar team. Um do you think the Jazz are close to being a superstar team uh in the near future? Well what's the definition of a superstar team? For me, I'd say a team that's got three or four all-stars, uh, probably a couple of... Well, right now they have two. Yeah, they got two, so you'd probably have to bring in a Paul George or you'd have to bring in a, another... I don't even think you need a top 15 player. I think you bring in a top 20, 25 player with that nucleus and you have a great facilitator who isn't going to need the ball the whole time. I think you have a fantastic team because I think Gobert, as long as his knees can stay healthy, is going to be a top 10 player in this league. He's on that trajectory, in my opinion. Hayward is what he is. He's not going to finish in the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter, but he's a very good player, and I think he makes a team better. 
Didn't we argue about Gordon Hayward the last time I, I think was we've on argued. Spot? I've always argued with didn't people. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you he was going to be an All Star this year? You did. I remember saying you did. that. Didn't you I? did. Yes, sir. Brittany, you remember me saying that? But it's still. Yeah. It, it's, I don't remember. It's a, I said it. It's a fake All Star. Like it he, was not a fake All Star, <laughs> dude. He can't play with five minutes to go in a game, and it's a close game. I think he was really good this year. Did we have we seen the best of Gordon Hayward, or can he get better? He's twenty seven. He improved the, I, last I year. obviously know how old he is, but that's not what I asked you. I mean, LeBron James and he had, had surgery his... in the offseason, too. LeBron James, who has surgery in the offseason? Hayward, he, with his finger. When? Uh, before the season started. Remember, he. Uh, well, that wasn't surgery. I mean, he broke he, his finger. Didn't he have a pin put in that? Yeah, he had a pin put in. Yeah, that's a major surgery. That wasn't a surgery. That's You got five fingers. No, it was a pin, and he was sat out six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, he. Um, LeBron James was 32 this year and had his <laughs> and had his best season in a decade and still couldn't get the ring. Well, that's because he was Woo! playing against forget. Uh-uh. No, go ahead, Tony. I'm I'm gonna let you finish. Well, I mean, he's playing against the best team ever, so The what? The best team ever. Oh. Okay. But anyway, back to Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's capable of improving on this year. Um what parts of his game do you want to see improve? Well, I mean, I'm, I don't want to see any of it improve. <laughs> <laughs> the parts of his game that he can improve, he can improve his post game. Um, you know, both, you know, catching the ball 15 feet from the basket with his back to the basket, uh, catching the ball in the low post. He can improve. He can improve upon that. Um, um, he can improve on on he could turn the ball over still turn the ball over a little less um you know he he's become he's become such a well-rounded player i mean he's been he's so proficient at you know being able to draw fouls he's good in the mid-range he's good going to the basket um you know so i mean he's really really well-rounded um you know but you know one thing that I see that he can improve on is definitely, you know, his post game, mid post, deep post, back to the basket, that kind of stuff. You know, that those that's that game where you have to assert yourself against other grown men, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he did that he, this year. He's soft. Oh man, everybody's soft to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody. Not Who everybody. isn't soft? How isn't Gordon soft? How is Gordon soft? He was great this year. I think he was very good, but I think that he when I think when he gets put down really hard, like when he goes up for a dunk and he gets pushed down and ends up by the camera guys, I think his game shuts down afterwards. You said that about Kyle. Club, they're the exact same player. <laughs> they both are soft. They both. I'm shocked at the development of Gordon Hayward. Just watching but him. I told you it was going to happen. I know you did, but that's that's his point guard. A new point guard coming in. It's the first time he's ever had a real point guard since Darren Williams. And Darren Williams wouldn't he, let him play hate, on that. Well, team. he hates Darren Williams. Yeah, they hate each other. They they do. And it was hate cute. Each other. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was cute. Gordon threw the ball out of his head in front of. Other way around. People. Other way around. Darren threw the ball. Darren threw the ball at Gordon's head yeah. in front of forty thousand people. It was awesome. <laughs> I had a fanboy <laughs> moment when that happened. I'll never forget that. Like I was, <laughs> I was in the arena that night, and Darren throws the ball out of his head because Gordon didn't cut. Yeah, and then he. Then they're walking back to the huddle. He's like, every effing time. I was sitting there and I was like, I have never seen that before. <laughs> Did that kill Darren's career? No, it didn't kill Darren's career. Darren's Darren's ankles killed his career. Yeah. You know. But I remember asking Gordon one time, we were down in Dallas and, you know, they were playing the Mavericks and um, you know, so that was when Jeremy Evans was was playing with with, with the Mavericks as well. And Darren, of course, was playing. And I asked Gordon that shoot around. I said, uh, you're going to be happy to see Darren? And he looked at me and he says, I'll be happy to see Jeremy. <laughs> Yo, so are you a fan of this Celtics 76ers trade? I am. Why? Because I think um, that was just a terrific trade um, for Philly um, because Markel Fultz, to me, is is the best point guard to – best point guard prospect to come into the league um, since 2011 when Kyrie Irving came into the league. Um, and I think uh, he fits 
uh, really, really well with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So do you think Philly gained more out of this than the Celtics? Well, I think the Celtics are banking on the fact that Markel Fultz won't be everything that I just said that he would. Um, you know, and they're, you know, to them, they're saying, hey, we got a stack backcourt. We don't need Markel. We have Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, they're going to draft either Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum. Um, and um, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, but, you know, and they gain an asset out of it. I mean, they, they'll get either, you know, they'll probably get another top 10, top five pick out of it. So it's a, it's a deal that I think works on both sides. And a lot of things that I'm reading, uh, people are saying, yeah, but the Celtics only got one extra pick out of this, but to me, that's still good. Yeah. It wasn't as much, um, with the initial reports that came out, I thought it was like really steep. I was like, oh, well, they're going to get two extra assets out of it, but they only got one extra asset out of it. So, you know, it's riskier from Boston side than to me than it is from Philly side because if Markel Fultz goes on to become, you know, a 25-point-per-game scorer, you know, top five point guard in the league, you know, Boston's going to be look really, you know, crappy there because they had the number one pick and they gave that up. Um you know, and it also puts a lot of onus on Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum to, to really be good, which I think they can't, which I think either one of them can be. I'm very high on both of them. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, and Boston and Philly play against each other first game of Jazz Summer League. So that's going to be great. I'm a big fan of the 76ers head coach. Is it Brett Brown? Yes. I don't know if he can X and O's because I don't, I'm not real sharp on that part of the game, but his post-game interviews and just him talking the way he talks to media and the players, he just seems like one of those brilliant and wise men. Yeah, I think he's really smart. And, you know, it's no coincidence that he came from the Spurs organization. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, one of those things where he's all, he's going to be polished and he's going to be smart. And, you know, I think he's proven himself as a leader of men. You know, I, I don't think that – He's been given a fair shot with a really good roster to to compete. This will be the first time that I think that he's had a competitive roster. Um, and it'll be the first time that he's had, you know, just a little bit of um just a little bit of ex, ex, expectation on him because the expectation is that Philly be competitive this year. Yeah, I, I really when I, I got to work one of the games when they were in Salt Lake City and I really enjoyed how athletic and hardworking their team was. I was really disappointed that Simmons wasn't playing last year. I still don't understand why he took a year and a half off of basketball. Well, I mean, he broke his foot. Yeah. So um, that that would explain a lot. Does he have really long feet like Kevin Durant feet where they where he was susceptible of having that foot break over and over and over again? No, I, I think when he broke his foot, I mean, they, they just said there's no reason to rush him back. Mm-hmm. There's no – I think if – he were playing for a playoff team or something. He could have been playing by January or something. But, you know, they just, you know, they just, they played the long game and they said there's no reason to rush him back. And, you know, if we don't rush him back, we'll get another top five pick out of it. And, you know, so it was one of those things where they, where Philly just kind of played the long game. How do you balance that? I don't know if you can really answer this because you're not a coach, um, but, how do you balance, like, uh, okay, Ben Simmons got injured. We're going to take the long run with this. There's no reason to rush him back versus somebody like uh, Gordon Hayward who has a thumb injury and he's back in six weeks. It's not the same thing, but how do you measure, like, okay, we're, we need this person back now versus, okay, we're going to wait a while? Well, it's, 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 it's simple. I think you look at the, um, you look at the, the situations. I mean, you know, if Ben Simmons breaks his foot and – in September, and uh, he's healthy in February, but they're like nine and thirty-five. Then you sit as behind out for the rest of the season, and you go and take your top five pick. Um, if Gordon Hayward, who's twenty-six years old at the time, he breaks his finger, uh, and there's immense pressure on the Jazz to make the playoffs so they can keep said Gordon Hayward. Uh, then Gordon rushes back and tries to make the playoffs for the first time in five years. I mean, it's 
it's different scenarios and different situations for different people and different organizations. And the Jazz have played the long game as well uh, with teams. I mean, you know, um, two years ago when when Rudy strained it, when Rudy uh, almost tore his MCL, I mean, they kept him out. They kept him out for two months when he could have probably come back in a month. You know, so it's just – you know, you pl- you just play. You look at the the specific situation, and you just make your and, and you make your um you make your decision. You know, relative to to that person and his needs. Who's the weakest player on the Jazz? Weakest. Yeah, like who would you say y'all can get rid of, and they won't affect the team in any way? I mean, I'm I'm not comfortable saying something like that. I mean, that's like. You know, I, I think <laughs> you look at you look at the situations and you look at what the Jazz have and you you put two and two together. So you know, somebody like you know somebody like Derek Favors is going to command eighty to a hundred million dollars um, on 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 the open market after next year, even with the injury history, huh? Yeah, because I think that that's that was I think with the injury history. If he gets healthy and he's the Derek Favors of two years ago, you're looking at a 17.9 rebound a game guy who's 26 years old, who's, you know, a really, really good defensive player. So if you bring Gordon Hayward back for $180 million and you bring Joe Ingles back and you re-sign George Hill, well, there's no more money for for Derek Favors. Um, You know, so – you know, do you trade him now or do you trade him at the February deadline or do you keep him all next year and then you lose him for nothing, which is probably what's going to happen. So those are probably the three those are probably the three choices that the Jazz have right now. With, I noticed something I noticed something weird with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert in the second half of the season when they were on the floor together. It seemed like one of them would play in the post and the other one would back out to about 17 18 feet and that person that backed out would get a little bit passive trying to allow that other person to get the ball and, you know, play in the, you know, play with their back against the board. Did you see that too, or am I off the mark on that? Well, the way Quinn Snyder wants his offense to work is he wants uh, Rudy Gobert to to be the pick-and-roll guy, and he wants to play four guys on the perimeter with Rudy Gobert, you know, kind of being a pick pick setter and rolling down the middle. So, um that's the question with Derek and, and Rudy is can they play on the floor at the same time? Um, Favors is, has extended his range uh, to that 17, 18 foot to where he's pretty comfortable with that 17, 18 foot jump shot. Um, you know, he's never going to be a proficient three point shooter, um, but he can be, you know, a pretty consistent mid range guy. Um, the, the uniqueness with Derek and, and and Rudy, when they're both healthy, is that both of those guys are really, really good defensively and they um, work really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they work they both play really hard. They work hard, they play hard. So, you know, I think you know, it's 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 something that's ongoing, but the Jazz, you know, Dennis Lindsay told me last month that he absolutely believes that the two can play together, um, going into the future. Um but It'll just be interesting to see what kind of trade scenarios come up, and to see whether whether and see whether Derek um, is is with the Utah Jazz come training camp. Dante Exum, you wrote a while ago that he had loose handles. Yeah, I did. You did. Um, uh, how? Um, huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Have they improved? They're still loose. You were telling that to his face? Yeah. I told him that to his face a lot. <laughs> so is he where he needs to be right now? I think with Dante, he's gotta, you know, get he's gotta get um um he's gotta get more consistent with his jump shot. And he's got to be more consistent with his pick and roll reads. Um, the thing I love about Dante is his athletic profile. I mean, he's six foot six. He's 190 pounds. He's really built his body up. His body is solid. 
and he's really, really athletic. Like, he's got a great first step. He's got a terrific first step. He's terrific vertically at the rim. He's not afraid. He tries to dunk on you. I mean, there's there's a lot this, and he's a really, and he has a chance to be a really good defender. There's a lot to like about him. Um, but I think on a on a on a large level, he ha- he needs to learn how to play the game, especially the NBA game. Um, so why not put him in the D League? No, because he's too good for the D League. But how do you not – Him playing in the D League. Is that an insult to it him? W- it w- yeah. It's not an insult to him. It just wouldn't help him. But yeah. how do you – it also doesn't help him. He can't get better off the pick and roll. He can't He can't get better reading the pick and roll or anything uh, if he's not playing. Well, that's – here's the thing with Dante. He was – I think that he was this year – a casualty of where the organization found itself. In Dante's rookie year, his situation was he needed developmental minutes, and the organization was still a developmental organization. Like, they were still developing their young guys. They weren't really – they were like, okay, if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs, but we're not really trying to make the playoffs. And then he blows his knee out in the second year. So the organization kind of the, – the situation of the organization kind of moved on without him. So Dante came back as a guy still needing developmental minutes, but he came back to an organization that was, we're not developing anymore. We're ready to win. And that's what you saw last year. Um, you saw an organization that was like, yo, we got to win a lot because we got to keep this team attacked. And if we win 35 games, Gordon is definitely out. Um, and Dante still needed developmental minutes, but he wasn't able to do that. Um, you know, so this, what Dante has to do is he has to catch up to the organization this summer. He has to be in the gym every day. He has to shoot a thousand jump shots every day. He has to work on his ball handling every day. He has to work on pick and roll every day. And he has to come back as a player that's ready to contribute to a playoff team. And to his credit, I thought he was that player at the end of last year. Me too. Um, I thought he was the best player uh, for the Jazz on the floor in the first half of game four against the Golden State Warriors. And I think that if he can take that and he can develop, uh, I think that he's a guy that you just don't want to give up on. The thing about Dante Axum and people keep losing sight about this, is he is 21 years old. And that is very young. There are, there are going to be people who are dra- – there are going to be a lot of people who are drafted on Thursday that are older than Dante Exum. And people need to stop losing sight of that. You know, He really should have played in college for a couple of years, huh? A lot of people should have played in college for yeah. a couple of years. But they didn't – you know, the, the, the thing about playing in the pros is – Think about playing in the pros. You can only work on your game in college for forty hours, and then it becomes an NCAA violation. You can work on your game in the pros all you want, you know. And if you go and play two years in college, and you come out as a twenty-one-year-old, well, guess what? Dante Exum is going to be on his second NBA contract by the time he's twenty-two. He'll be on his third NBA contract by the time he's 27. He's going to get four or five NBA contracts. He's going to make $200 million. He's going to make a lot of money as opposed to somebody who came out at 21, as opposed to look at Rodney Hood. His second NBA contract, he's going to be 25. His third NBA contract, he's going to be 30. Yeah. I see that. There's, 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 There's a big difference. Yo, how come you're not in the NBA? You play D1 on scholarship. Because I'm five foot seven. Oh, but you get buckets. I got buckets at the college level. You get buckets at Lifetime. You'd be like, I get buckets. I still get buckets at Lifetime. Still get You're buckets. getting old. I'm still getting buckets. Nah, that's so, not what I heard. Well, you or heard what wrong. I've seen. You've heard wrong. What I've seen. You want look. You don't even play defense. All you do that is. That I don't do. <laughs> I ain't even lie. All you do lie. is want the ball on the three-point line. Listen, if my team wins, does it matter if I play D or not? Yes. Listen, everybody has everybody has a role. I knew you were going to say that. And your okay. role. Everybody has a role. 
There are some people who can't get buckets like I can, but they can defend but better than really I can. Don't so get you go and defend. You don't get buckets. Yes, I do. No, you yes, don't. Do. You may score like three or four. Out of an eleven point game, that's better a lot. That's almost that's almost nah. half your that's almost half your points. Nah. If LeVar Ball was your daddy, that wouldn't be enough. <laughs> yo, somebody take her <laughs> mic like, yo, away. Why you ain't get eleven out of eleven? Done. <laughs> yo, come on, man. Is my mic on? Hello? <laughs> I think it's on. But okay, so speaking of him, you think he's doing too much and do you think he's gonna hurt any LeVar? of his sons? Yeah. He ain't hurt Lonzo. Because Lonzo is an elite prospect. What about his other two sons? Mm, that's a different story. They're not as good as Lonzo. They're not as good as Lonzo. Um, but Lonzo's going to make $100 million in his career, so he'll be all right. Family will be cool. Do you think everybody sees – well, not everybody. I'm not going to say that. A lot of people see uh, his father as an issue in the NBA. Do you still think his father is going to be in the stands doing all that talking, or do you think he's going to be chilling? He'll be in the stands doing all that talking amongst 30,000 other people. Ain't nobody going to hear him. They might. Are there repercussions from... <laughs> if you do hear Lonzo... <laughs> l- listen, if you do hear LeVar Ball in, in the stands, that means the Lakers are a 15-win team and the arena is very small, to which point you suck anyway. Yo, we just well, I'm not even going to say nothing. Lakers are going to get way more than 15 wins this year. Everybody, Brittany's a Laker fan. She's wearing, I sure is. She's wearing Laker yellow right now. I sure is. And I got Kobe on my phone. Boo. <laughs> I don't know what that was. But I do have Kobe on my phone. That's my baby daddy. He don't that so the Lakers dad. traded Delangelo Russell daddy. today. Mm-hmm. Why would you get rid of a rookie contract in this league of max contracts? Because he's got he's, no more ice in snitch. his veins. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because you're about to draft Lonzo Ball, and they play the same position. Okay. And um, it's a new regime. Okay. And uh, Magic and Rob Palenka, they weren't the biggest fans of D'Angelo Russell to begin with. Because of his locker room behavior or his on-court ability? It's a little bit of everything. Okay. Uh, and on top of that, you can trade D'Angelo Russell. And then in the process, they got rid of uh, Timothy, Timothy Mosgolf's contract, which... Um, so you ever been tested for steroids? <laughs> I don't know. I saw a lot of back acne on that man, like lots. Why are you looking at that uh, yeah. man's back? Because they put me in locker rooms. Where are you, what are you supposed to look at? I'll be in locker rooms and everything. I ain't looking at nobody's back. <laughs> I'm observing. Sasha, hold up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Maybe go I ahead. look down at the man. Go, go ahead. To go ahead. You in the locker room. <laughs> Sasha be noticing all kind of stuff in there. <laughs> I have oh. a journalism degree. I got to keep my eyes open. Oh, God. no! I just noticed I've never seen a grown man that um, wasn't on performance enhancing drugs with uh, <laughs> with that type of back acne. I was blown away. I was like, "My God!" Like my brother has back acne. Hey, Sasha, yeah. do me a favor, man. Allegedly, do me a allegedly. favor because yeah. we're friends. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't ever admit this ever again. Okay. All right. That you look in another man's back. <laughs> his backside yes sir be like hey Brittany I was noticing your back <laughs> I just noticed you had a Yo, some acne can I get you some cream for that why didn't you go up to him and ask him you, you're a journalist Sorry. I don't know can you Would I don't think that'd go over well if I asked a guy if he was on steroids like I don't know if that would be my job I would ask. I'd be like, yo, you on steroids or nah? Well, what's the protocol for that if you um, think an athlete's on steroids? Can you go up and ask him? Like, can... You can probably ask him. Yeah. And then probably get knocked out. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm confident that if you went up and asked an athlete about, like, if you went up to LeBron and you say, yo, are you on HGH? Yeah. He would not physically knock you out. No, he'd get sued. I mean, I'd square up against him, but... <laughs> like... But <laughs> your your credentials may be revoked. Revoked, yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused because you didn't have Lonzo, uh, the Lakers taking Lonzo ball for your mock draft. I and didn't. Now, no, you didn't. And now you're talking about, yeah, they traded D'Angelo. Well, so they now it's clear that they're going to take Lonzo. They just traded D'Angelo. Yeah, so it seems like your mock draft needs to be updated. Well, you wrote it a week ago. What's the, what's so? the key word about a mock draft? 
Draft. Mock. Draft. Mock. Pretend. <laughs> As in everything is fluid. You should be updating it. You know, don't tell me how to run my business. Yo, man. I'm running things at the trib. I'm your boss. I would have been like, Tony Jones, why don't we have an update? You're supposed to be the lead writer over there. Don't worry about don't worry about what I do in my house. Right? You worry about what you do at ABC4, okay? Yo, how many times do you show up to the trip building? My reports are on I fire. Was at, I was at the trip today. When, when's the last time before building. that you were at the trip? Last week. It uh-huh. seems like you at the trip more right now than you've ever been in the season. Because this is the off season. You ain't got nothing else better to do. That's all. You miss your. Uh, He's got a co-workers. job. He don't have no job. Oh Lord. Jesus. You got the easiest job. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't disrespect you like that on the air. Only off the air. Man, you crazy. Being an NBA beat writer is hard. Talk to me about being an NBA beat writer. What's yeah. the life like, and why is it so tough? I'll be in steakhouses on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the trip account. I would love to watch Brittany's attitude after a five-game, seven-night road trip. She'd fall apart. Yeah. Could you imagine her apart. walking through an all airport? Those, all those 5.30 a.m. Oh, flights that you got to take? Uh, yo, you don't take them, Tony. Do not lie to the people. You do not lie right now. You I do be, take no, 5.30 a.m. flights. No, you don't. You may take one a year. And then no, I hear, yes, you no, did, because no. I heard you complain. I'm so tired. I had to take the early flight out. You be taking the On back-to-back, back, you got to, no, no. You don't. You no. be taking the 11, 12 o'clock flight no, out. No. I'll be like, yo, It doesn't tired. matter what time you fly yes, out. It's it brutal. Yes, on your it body. does. You need to be there earlier. Everybody else fly out early. That's not true. Uh-huh. There's only one other guy that's on the road with me. What are you talking no, about? No, not for the trip. What other people talking? other people that cover the jazz, Jody Guinnessy, he be on the first flight. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. I'll be beating Jody to no, like 65% no, of the cities. No, you don't. <laughs> no, about? you don't. You don't beat Jody. Jody would tell you himself that I'd beat he him. He'd be first. Six. Jody told me. He said, right, Tony, enough, come of, in the, enough of this, Brittany Johnson. So, anyway, I'm having fun. I've got a question for you, sir. The Utah Jazz just spent about $100, $125 million on upgrading their facilities. They've redone locker rooms. They've. What happens if they lose Gordon Hayward and George Hill? They rebuilt. I mean, that that seems like it could be catastrophic for a fan base because that stadium was pretty full last year, and it hasn't been that full in a long time. I think Dennis Lindsay will finish figure things out. I think he's a brilliant GM. I do too. So, um, so it's not a bad thing if Hayward leaves. Oh no, it's absolutely a bad thing. But I think um, the Jazz have a plan B. I mean, I think that there are guys that they can go after. I mean, if does that plan B give them fifty wins next year and a, you know a first round win against a great team? Depends on how that plan B works out. Yeah. So, what do you think their plan B would be? Let's say, let's say Gordon leaves. Okay. You offer max money to Den- to Danilo Gall- Gallinari. That's his <laughs> comes in. He gives you twenty points. Five rebounds a game. There's Rudy Gay out there. I mean, there are people out there. I mean, they're not going to be as good as Gordon, but there's people out there. And you already have a top 10 player that's locked up for the next four years. Hmm. The Jazz are going to be competitive next year. Just depends on whether they keep Gordon or not. How do they be playoff competitive? Because that's the important thing with the Warriors. They'd be playoff competitive. They wouldn't be competitive with the Warriors. You need Gordon for that. Hmm. What do you think about Chris Paul going to the Spurs? I believe when I see it. Yeah. I mean, I think it can happen, but the Spurs have to clear clear cop space. And he's got to take a tremendous amount of money off the table. Well, they just himself. suckered uh, Paul Gasol in the Yeah, uh, but he's rich, though, and deal. he's won rings, and, you know, yeah. he's got that generational wealth. So he's going to— And his brother's in the league, too, so he's got, like, you know, that family has two game-changing kids on there for generational wealth. Well, they're going to— they're going to um, re-sign him, but uh, you know he's he's going. To, but it, I mean, he left sixteen million on the table. But if they resign him to let's say give him three years and fifteen million dollars, which is that sixteen million, promise to pay him after we, he retires because he's not lasting three years. Um, then you know you can pay him what you owe him, which is that sixteen, fifteen, sixteen million. But on a cap, 
as as the the cap goes, you you've gained ten million. You've gone from sixteen million cap hold to a five million cap hold. Um, and God bless uh, the Spurs because they were able to. Yeah. Because I don't know many veterans that would have done what Powell just did. I was watching a journalist. It might have been Max Kellerman, and he was saying that the best move for LeBron James to catch up with Golden State Warriors is for him to go to the Spurs. Would you see him do something like that next year? Um, I think there's a chance that he leaves Cleveland. Yeah. Especially uh, in light of the events of the last few days. Um, Are the Spurs a big enough market, or does he have to be a Clippers L.A. guy? I mean, the Just Spurs, for his are, endorsement. The Spurs are a bigger market than Cleveland is. That is true. So. I want to throw out some of these names in the draft. Um, I want you to just tell me overrated, underrated, or right where they need to be. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz. Underrated. Lonzo Ball. Right where he needs to be. Josh Jackson. Underrated. Jason Tatum. Underrated. De'Aaron Fox. Where he needs to be. Malik Monk. Overrated. Jonathan Isaac. Florida he's, State. He's tough. You don't have to tell me where he's from. I know where he's from. <laughs> don't get an attitude. Uh, pause, you know? I don't know. No, he's tough because he's, he's a guy. Here's what I think about Jonathan Isaac. I think that he... He could be darn near the best player in this draft. Um, but he has, like, there are times where he doesn't play hard and he's injury prone. But he's got, I mean, he's a six foot 11 small forward, and you just do not see those guys come along every day. I'm going to say he's right where he needs to be. Gosh, all I needed was a one word answer. Yo, you got to say. Moving on. Dennis Smith. It's my podcast, punk. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> She's about to get fired off my network with this abusive behavior. Oh, my gosh. Criminal. Overrated. Okay. Uh, let's see. Donovan Mitchell. Underrated. Good choice. Louisville. like him. He's a beast. I think he's going to be really good. Zach Collins. Right where he needs to be. couple more. Terrence Ferguson. Oh, God. Um, Terrence Ferguson. Let's see. Um... Has the ability to be underrated right now. He's probably right where he needs to be. TJ Leaf. Overrated. <laughs> I knew you were saying that. Let me let me guess. He's soft. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Let me, let me guess. Yes, when he sir. gets knocked down, he doesn't do anything else. That's right. He's <laughs> a punk. So Underrated. Underrated. Okay. Josh Hart. Right where he needs to be. Tyler Dorsey. Overrated. Way overrated. Kyle Kuzma. Underrated. Way underrated. Ivan Rabb. Overrated. Criminally overrated. He's not good at all. Tony Jones. Overrated. Uh, <laughs> underrated. Underappreciated. Uh, so How what about else? your mom? <laughs> whoa, whoa. You know what? My dad actually just called. Should I? Can we get my dad on the phone, please? Because maybe he has some things to say to you, Tony Jones. Big Rob loves me. Don't whatever. I ain't even worried about Yo, it. You know my mom worry. listens to this, right? You so, know, you know, Big Rob and me had a heart to heart. And my dad does not like you. Newsflash: He loves me. No, he does not. He you gives think me he hugs does. every time I see him. Yo, you saw him once. <laughs> Yo, you be lying to the people, man. I promise. And don't you ever say anything bad about my mother again. I just said, what about your mother? Is she overrated or underrated? I ain't saying anything about, you know what I'm saying? What? Your mama's right where she needs to be. Mm. Ha. Huh. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Tony Jones, before we go, I want to know what else you're up to uh, for the summer. <laughs> just covering the jazz, man. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love you, man. <laughs> it sure sounds like it. Oh, my God. Tony, what else are you up to for the summer? I'm staying away from you. Just staying out the way. I mean, got the draft on Tuesday, got free agency, got summer league, getting Vegas for summer league, then NABJ and 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 August, and then you know, then the season starts. All right, sounds like you're pretty busy. Uh, where can people find hold you? Hold on, one one, one, one quick question. What do you think of Pac-12 basketball this year? 
I know you're not a huge college. Ah, uh, that's not true. Walk- no, I'm huge on on anything basketball. Um, what do I think of it? I thought it was a four team league. I Actually, thought it was I a referees a, league. I thought it was a three team league. Yeah. this year. So yeah, the the league needs more depth. What's uh, Coach K have to do to improve his ability to recruit at the University of Utah? Sign those guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing about Coach K. I mean, you know, you you talk about his inability to recruit, but he's about to have three consecutive NBA draft picks for three consecutive years. When was the last time Utah had that? Well, it's since Majerus and the Millers it, and Van Horns and all that. It's got to be. Let's see. They were dead you for 15 years. Miller, you have, you have Mandela. Uh, so, yeah, the, since the Majerus. I mean, so, I mean, he's doing something, right? Because he's getting guys to the league. It's tough to lose to Daniels, though. That kid was good. Uh, Daniels had to go. That's a bummer, because I, I really thought he was an incredible there was, player. There, from what I was told mm. from many sources. sources, there was no way he could stay. What did he do? I can't tell you that. <laughs> nah, but I mean, wasn't the feeling kind of mutual? Like he was ready to Why? go to? Why? It's a public institution. No, no. We should know he that. He wanted to stay, but he he couldn't. It's a state-funded university. I think the citizens should know what Devin Daniels did. Let's just say he had to go. Okay. Well, we got to go. And so. the, the, the thing that was sad is, thing about that was sad is, I think Devin can play in the NBA. I do too. I think he's. Oh. I think he was one of the best uh, athletes I saw all year round in college. Yeah, he's pretty good. It's a bummer. All but, right, where can people find you, Tony? T Jones, SL Trip, or or what? <laughs> or at Trip Jazz. See, hey. West Coast is the best coast. Hey, West Coast is the best coast. Hey. Sorry, sorry. You over Back here. to get wrecked. Oh. All respect to those who broke their neck. Oh, to oh. keep Britney in check. Oh, <laughs> that's how you feel. I heard you. Never mind. B Johnson, ABC4 is where you can find me on Twitter. She's good for Utah. Good for you. Theoretically, yeah. Better than you, Sasha. Damn right. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go.